Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're back for this fifth episode in our series on psychology buzzwords. I can't believe I've recorded five podcast episodes and at some point I will record a whole podcast episode on the learning curve this has been for me and all that it's brought up inside of me as I think any change, no matter how big or little, anything new that we take on brings up vulnerabilities inside of us. And it's been so interesting to me to see those come up inside of me through this process. So thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for your notes, for the comments you leave, for the shares, for the messages you send me. It helps me so much to understand what helps you, what's meaningful to you, and to just encourage me to continue to show up here every week and have these conversations with you. Today, we are discussing one of my very favorite topics, which is codependency. Now, the truth is, it's taken me a good 15 years to be able to say that this is one of my very favorite topics. I used to hate this word codependency. In fact, one of my earliest encounters with this word was not so much in graduate school as it was in one of my early counseling sessions in which I was the client and my therapist thought it applied to me. And boy, did I not like that. (laughs) I did not like that at all at the time. I prided myself on myself sufficiency. I prided myself that I didn't need anything from other people. I prided myself on the ways I only helped others. I was a psychologist. I wasn't codependent. Who did she think she was? Ooh, did that get to me? Well, she was right. I absolutely have struggled with codependency. And with hindsight and a lot of work and a lot of self-reflection, I realize I've struggled with it most of my life. And I've learned to embrace that struggle because as I always say, when I'm honest with myself, when I'm honest with God, when I'm honest with a few other people who I trust, I'm free. My soul is free, and it is a great way to live. So I am excited to talk about this word today because I've become a bit of an expert on it, not just as a clinician, but in my own personal life. So let's dive in. What is codependency? Well, the term codependency first came about and is most often identified with addiction recovery movements, specifically AA. Now, it's so interesting. So I want you to hear me explain this because I don't think people realize this when they throw around this buzzword of codependency. But it started off, if you think about it, so we're going to break it down, co-dependent. Co means together or part of. Dependent means dependent on something. So how this started was folks who were in addiction recovery programs. They were addicted to alcohol, addicted to substances, were considered dependent, right? They were considered dependent on that substance. And what people began to realize was that often there was a family member who was a codependent. And what that meant is that the codependent person isn't directly dependent on the substance. However, they're very much part of the addiction patterns. They're very much a part of the 
whole system of addiction and in many ways kind of contributing to the pattern of addiction, right? So there's that's where this word came from, this co-dependent, co meaning mutual or together, and then dependency meaning dependent on something unhealthy. So while the codependent person isn't dependent directly, maybe they're not the one with the direct problem. They're partnering with that person in a way that facilitates these unhealthy patterns of behaviors. It's a partnership, okay? When we think of co-parenting, when we think of, you know, cooperating, that it's a partnership. There's a partnership in this pattern of behavior. So that was the original kind of inception of this idea of co-dependency, partnering with relationship that is unhealthy and, and leading to both people essentially contributing to a problem and both people needing to heal, right? The dependent person, whoever it is that's dependent on the substance at the time needs to heal from that, but also the codependent person needs to heal because there's something they're getting from that relationship. And there's something they're getting from caring for that person or enabling is the word that is sometimes used. Some people don't like that word, but that you're getting something from kind of facilitating those addictive patterns of behavior. Now, this word has broadened a lot and two women in particular in the 1980s, there's a book called Women Who Love Too Much by Robin Norwood and another book called Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. Both of them came out in the mid-1980s and were super popular. And these books really got into a broader idea of this term codependency, that it it's not just related to substances or substance abuse or alcoholism, but that any relationship, any relationship where one person becomes so focused on covering over or protecting or facilitating another person's unhealthy behaviors. They become a partner in the unhealth of the other person. So this becomes a codependent relationship that this is actually really, really common. And it happens in all types of relationships, all types of relationships. So the simplest way that I've come to look at someone with codependent tendencies, and I'm not talking about a codependent relationship, we'll get into that but someone with codependent tendencies. I want to be very clear. A little side note here is I don't like labels. And if you remember that from episode one, I get go into my very first episode, I go into a whole thing about labeling people. You won't rarely, if ever, hear me say you're a codependent. Someone is a codependent because we're not one thing. Nobody is only a codependent, right? So I like to describe it as someone with codependent tendencies. And some of us have more of those than others, although I think most of us have some codependent tendencies. So with that caveat in mind, the way that I like to define it is when someone remains so focused on another person to the exclusion of remaining true to their own sense of self. Someone who has codependent tendencies bypasses their own self to stay focused on someone else. Okay, often it's well-intended. 
often people with codependent tendencies are trying to help. They're often trying to alleviate pain. They often feel like they're doing what's right. They're often trying to help people who are hurting. And and in many ways, that's why this is such a complicated topic, because a lot of times people who are high in empathy, people who are high in caretaking, people who are genuinely helpful, people who, you know, whatever these genuine good qualities are, they can get mistaken for codependent tendencies. But there's a big difference. And here is the difference, okay, between being kind and being codependent. It's when the helping that you're doing is actually hurting. The helping that you're doing is actually hurting both the other person inadvertently right? You don't mean to, but it is actually keeping them from doing their own work. And more importantly, it's causing harm to you. Okay, so that's the difference between being kind, being empathetic, being a giving person, and being codependent. It's when the helping behavior actually is causing harm. It's keeping the other person from doing their own work, and it's hurting you because you're bypassing your own body, your own mind, your own heart, your own needs in the process of helping that other person, okay? This is why it's so hard for people with this tendency to realize, and I speak from a lot of experience here, is because we think we're helping, right? We think we're helping, but we're going too far. We're taking that too far, and there's a core wound inside the sense of self. There's a core wound inside that keeps us from focusing on our own needs, from focusing on our own pain, from focusing on our own hurts, right? It's too hard. And so we bypass that work and we constantly stay focused on this other person. We devote ourselves to fixing other people's pains, other people's problems, and it's at the exclusion of ourselves. So here are some examples of that. Getting high quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine, or seventh generation cleaning supplies has been a game changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted top quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash you. thrivemarket.com slash you. A recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of just three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep, and I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BESTOFYOU for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. 
Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is, Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code BESTOFYOU for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves. Cozy Earth. Let's say you are married to someone who has a really bad temper, who hasn't done their own work, and most of your emotional energy is invested in smoothing the waters after they've made a big mess, picking up the pieces after they've lashed out at the kids or at a neighbor or at a friend, right? You're, you're kind of walking around after this person, this volatile person, you know, just waiting to catch the pieces, right? And All of your energy is on keeping them together, and you're not even aware of how exhausted you are, of how your own life isn't being lived, right? Your own dreams, your own needs, your own wants, your own desires are on the back burner because you're so invested in only maintaining this other person. Let's say you have a parent, a guilt-tripping mom or some other sibling who is very demanding of you and you bend over backwards to keep that person happy, even though you're miserable inside, even though you might be neglecting people in your life who really do need you, maybe even your own family members, your kids, or, or even just people who really actually love you and want to pour into you, but you're so busy trying to keep this person together in the name of helping them, that you're you're neglecting your own needs, you're neglecting the good things in your life, okay? So that's a picture of codependency. There's no shame in it. I don't want you to hear shame in this. I want you, again, remember always to get curious. Is that something I do? Do I tend to be so consumed by the needs of others that I lose sight of my own needs? And if that's true, I wonder why. I wonder why. What is it that makes it so hard for me to pry my eyes off of that other person's problems and listen to my own needs, to my own heart, to my own soul, to the cries inside of me? And what would it mean for me to just shift my focus to myself a little bit, to the work of honoring my own pain, of honoring what's going on inside of me? What am I afraid of? What keeps me from doing that, right? I want you to begin to ask yourself those questions if you're seeing yourself in these patterns. So if you haven't yet discovered the Human Hope Podcast with Carlos Whitaker, please check it out today. I discovered Carlos through social media and I was blown away as I watched him lead people through these really challenging conversations that 
folks have been having these last few years with skill, with compassion, with wisdom, with nuance. In a time when we are all desperate to find glimmers of hope, Carlos is leading us in conversations that bring us just that. From fun discussions about everyday joy to polarizing and challenging topics, Carlos shows even the most calloused heart that there is still hope in humanity. Episodes are released every Thursday wherever you find your podcasts. You won't be disappointed. Check out Carlos Whitaker, Human Hope, today. How do I know if I'm codependent? Here are some of the signs. You can't figure out what you think or feel apart from the other person. I see this all the time as a therapist. I'll ask someone, what do you think about this? What what do you feel about this? And they don't know. They can't answer that question. They might even start to answer that question with, well, my husband thinks, or, well, my friend thinks, or, well, my parents think. And it's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. What do you think? It's like they've never had somebody really pause long enough to put the spotlight on them, to put the spotlight on you and say, what, what do you really think about this? I don't, I don't care what all those people around you think. <laughs> I want to know what you think, right? So that's a sign. Number two, you deny your own wants and needs to make sure the other person stays happy. Now, I want to be clear. There's a place, man, if you're a mom out there, if you're taking care of someone who's sick, you know, there's a place where we sacrificially give to others. I want to be very clear. I am all for that. Listen, I'm a therapist, right? I I show up for people every day. But there's a difference between caring for someone else and caring for yourself and caring for someone else at the expense of yourself to where you're causing harm to yourself. If you're caring for someone else to the degree that you're starting to cause injury to yourself, that's a warning sign. I want you to take a look at that. Even in the hardest, hardest situations where you've got to really be in the trenches with somebody, there's always got to be some space for you to get your battery recharged, for you to get your own soul cared for, okay? Number three, you explain away or excuse unhealthy behavior in other people. Very common, right? When you're in a codependent relationship with somebody, you start to make excuses for their poor behavior. You start to, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine that, you know, you, you know, and your friends all know, you know, maybe they don't say it to you anymore because they, you know, they can't get through to you. But, but you know, you're explaining it away and, and, and folks around you are kind of going, I don't think it is okay. I don't think they're treating you right. I don't think that they should be yelling at you. I don't think that they should be spending that much time drinking. I don't think they should be XYZ, right? And you're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. I can handle it. I can take it. You're minimizing that behavior consistently. Another sign is you want space for yourself, but you're afraid to ask for it. You're afraid. You're afraid that if you ask for what you need, it'll make someone else angry. So that's just a sign. That's a lingering sign of codependency where you're afraid to stick up for yourself or speak up for yourself because you're, you fear what other people will think about you. 
you crave constant assurance that you're okay, right? Constant external validation. Now, again, we talked about this in the episode on self-love and also in the bonus Q&A about this need for validation. There's a time and a place to get validation for other people. But when it sort of feels like there's just an unsatiable need inside. Like I just, I don't know who I am apart from other people telling me I'm okay. That's a cue, right? That you're you're putting yourself at the mercy of other people just a little too much, right? We want to have healthy dependence. We'll get into that. But but you also need to be able to, to honor yourself, to validate yourself, to trust yourself. We'll get into that. That's a big one, right? That there's a both and there where you can feel good about yourself and also care what other people think. So if you're constantly, constantly needing external validation, it's just a cue that there might be some codependent tendencies there. Lastly, and this is related to making excuses for, but there's a tendency to tell white lies. And these little white lies come in so many forms. It might be someone asking you, how are you doing today? And you give a big smile and say, I'm doing great. When inside you're dying. And again, I don't want to shame you in this. I cannot tell you how many t- this is me, right? I am talking about myself here. So, I mean, I've learned, I've learned not to do these things, but it's coming from a very genuine place. It's coming from a wounded place inside. It's like, I don't know how to let people in. I don't know how to just say, no, thank you. I can't make it to that event. So I I tell a white lie and I make up an excuse and I say, I'm going to be out of town when in fact, I just can't make it or I just don't want to go, right? This is just a sign. I've worked on this one so much in my own life of just learning to say, I have to still talk myself through it no thank you and i don't even have to give an excuse about why i can't be there but this is this is very common there's no shame in it but it is a, it is a cue to pay attention to right that you've lost some connection and again just to round this out codependency is being so invested in caring for all the needs around us for being so focused on other people that we're losing connection with our core sense of self and our core sense of self we get to just say, no, thank you. Or I'm having a rough day. I'm not doing so great today. Thank you for asking, though. Right. Those are self-led statements. Those are strong, healthy sense of self statements. And when we're slipping into codependency, we've lost touch with that core self. So we're focused in on that person in front of us and making sure they feel okay before we're checking in with ourselves. So how do I know I'm in a codependent relationship, right? So if you have codependent tendencies, you know, we tend toward codependent relationships. So if you're asking this question, there's typically one of two ways that these types of relationships show up. One is you might be feeling consumed by a relationship, exhausted by a relationship, like you can't get the space that you need, like you're not seen in the relationship, like you don't have a place, like you're just constantly kind of like that that example I gave you, you're just constantly kind of following somebody or else around kind of trying to clean up their mess and there's never really a place for you to show up in it. The other way that you can notice a codependent relationship is you're constantly fearful of losing their love. And so you hardly even can let yourself entertain the question, what do I need? 
in this? What what about what I need here? Could I speak up for myself? Because the very thought of that brings some anxiety, brings some anxiety about losing someone's love. Now, again, this all goes back to our wounds. We talked about trauma last week. There's no shame in this. I'm just describing these feelings so you can begin to get curious about these patterns in your life. It doesn't feel good when you notice these feelings in a friendship, in a marriage, even with your children, right? We can be codependent in any of our relationships where where you might be aware as a parent that I really need to set some limits with my kids, but I'm terrified. It's so hard for me to say no because I want to earn their love. Man, if you're aware of that, first of all, I just want to say to you right now, amazing, That piece of self-awareness in and of itself is amazing. Even if you're not sure how to heal from that yet, the fact that you're aware, I'm aware that I'm a little bit afraid to set boundaries with my kids or say no with my kids because I don't want them to get mad at me. That awareness is so wise. That's the beginning of healing because you name it and you're honest with yourself and you take it to God, let God know, you know, God, I'm fearful here. And that's the beginning of healing. So that self-awareness is a great place to be. So again, no shame in this. If you're noticing this with your kids, with your friendships, where you're aware, I I really overplease, I overperform, you know, in order to feel like I'm keeping somebody's love. I don't want to be this way, but I'm aware of it. It's hard for me to say no. I get scared. This is a great place to start. This is a great sense of self-awareness. Pay attention. Pay attention to that. Don't shame yourself for that. Get curious about that. Okay, that's how healing starts. Finally, I want to move into a picture of healthy dependence because the opposite of codependence or the antidote to codependence isn't being completely self-sufficient. We are designed to be in mutually dependent relationships. We are designed to depend on other people and for other people to depend on us. We are designed to have two-way relationships where we show up with our needs and can get them met and where the people we love show up with their needs and can get them met. So this kind of healthy dependence is what we're actually striving for. And what's really hard about recovering from and healing from codependency is it's all in the context of relationships. And when I was early on in my training, I worked a lot with disordered eating, with food issues. And one of the things that's really hard if you're someone who's struggled with food is that you have to have a relationship with food. You can't just remove food from your house, right? It's hard enough if you're addicted to alcohol, if you're addicted to drugs, it's hard enough. But but you can, you know, remove all alcohol from your house, right? And just completely stay away from it. Well, if you're dealing with something with food, you have to have a relationship with food every single day. Well, it's the same if you're dealing with these dependencies with other people, right? We have to be with people. We have to work these out in real time every single day of our lives. We have to learn in real time how to insert small changes, incremental changes in how we interact with the people around us because we do need people in our lives. So please go easy on yourself. And as we're closing here, I want to give you three things you can do to move toward healthy dependence. Now, remember, healthy dependence is this two-way. It's There's a place for my needs 
And there's a place for your needs and both matter. And I'm going to try to figure out how to honor both. I'm not going to, you know, with some people, depending on the nature of the relationship, and we'll get a lot more into that in other episodes, if people are really toxic, sometimes you just have to remove yourself. But when there's a relationship where there just needs to be some tweaks, where you're just trying to figure out how do I show up? How do I honor myself? How do I stay connected to my needs? How do I stay connected to what I might want? in this relationship, I want to give you three ways you can move toward that healthier dependence, all right? Number one, notice any instinct to lie, to make up excuses, or to deny a genuine emotion, okay, in any way. Now, this takes some work, but just start to notice. And I've really honed this in my own life to where I I catch it like that. Just notice even this week, man, maybe maybe this weekend you've got something you need to say no to. Just watch yourself. Just notice yourself start to make up an excuse, right? So you don't actually have to just say no, thank you. <laughs> and just notice it right now. If you can just take a pause before you start to tell the white lie or make up an excuse or make up an excuse for somebody else, right? Just notice it. Notice it. What would happen if you just paused before doing that, before doing the thing, right? Another example, this is closely related to it. Number two, consider answering honestly if someone asks how you're doing. It's that simple. It's my challenge to you (laughs) this week. If someone says, oh, how's your day going? I challenge you to pause, take a breath, check inside and give an honest answer. You don't have to tell them your whole life story. You don't have to tell them the day. You could just say, I'm really tired today. You know, it's just just practice really noticing what the real answer is to the question and practice, if you're feeling up to it, giving the honest response. Now, To help you with this, go back to the episode on self-love. I'll link to it in the show notes. There's an exercise at the end of this I call the MEPS exercise. And if you're doing this every morning, you'll be more prepared to answer those questions honestly. How was your day? You know, I felt a little scattered and off today. Thanks so much for asking, right? It's just a tiny, 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 tiny way that you're showing up authentically. You're connecting to yourself. And you'll find out, right, about how the people around you respond to you. Can your friend kind of go, oh, I'm sorry, tell me more about that? Or does your friend just blow right past you? Well, that tells you something about that friendship, you know? Even with your kids, you know, I'm a little off today. Guys, I just need you to know that. I love you. If I'm a little short with you, it's just because I'm struggling with some things and and I'm going to get through it, right? There's just a way of, of trying to show up honestly that is so, so, it's hard at first, but really, really, really important as you're recovering from some of these codependent tendencies. And the last and third challenge I have for you, if this has resonated with you, is consider stating a preference honestly. So for example, if a friend says, yo, hey, do you want to do this this weekend? Instead of always kind of doing what you think will make the other person happy, if it's authentic, be, be, be genuine about it, but say, you know, I'd actually prefer to do this, or I'd actually prefer to do this family thing this weekend. Or let's say you have a mom who's like, hey, can you come over and take care of my cat this weekend and you really can't because you have a full plate and she's actually going to be okay without it. And even if it's really hard and really scary, practice saying, 
you know, I can't do it this weekend. And I know that may sound simple, but if you're tracking with me, if this is something you've struggled with, you will know that some of these small, small things are some of the hardest things to do, especially with some of the people where we've established these patterns of relating in a way that the person expects us to only show up for them. Now, remember, as we close, you are doing this not only for your sake, but if you've been over-investing in the people around you to the expense of yourself, it's not good for them either. So if you're pulling back just a little bit to be more true to you, to honor yourself, to be more authentic, to be more honest about what you need, it's going to be good for them too. They might not like it at first. They really might not. I get it. But it's going to be good for them, too, because you may have been actually encouraging them to rely on you in ways that aren't good for you, but they're also not good for them. Maybe they'll go out and ask someone else. Maybe they'll go out and get the help that they need from someone else besides you. Over time, you'll start to see that. You'll start to notice and ask God for help with that. Ask God, just say, I want to practice being more honest. I want to practice creating more space for my needs, for my preferences in these relationships. Show me, show me glimpses of how that's honoring, not only to me and to you, but it's actually going to help these other people. Now, if you're in really toxic relationships, please hear me say, get some help first. Don't do this alone. You know, ask for support from a therapist. I'll link to resources in the show notes. But I am so excited for you to join me on this journey. This is all about becoming more of your true self, more true to who God made you to be. It's good for you. And it's so good for your relationships and for this world. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Best of You. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources and links mentioned in the show. You can find those on my website at drallisoncook.com. That's Allison with one L, cook.com. Before you forget, I hope you'll follow the show now so that you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you'd go ahead and leave a review. It helps so much to get the word out. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.